From the Internet Law and Policy Foundry, this is the Tech Policy Grind podcast. Every week, our fellows chat with leaders in the technology and internet law and policy space on recent developments and exciting topics such as privacy, internet governance, cybersecurity, tech legislation, and more. I'm your host, Rima Musa, and I'm a member of the fourth cohort of Foundry Fellows. The Foundry is a collaborative organization for internet law and policy professionals who are passionate about disruptive innovation. This summer marked an interesting time in the cybersecurity world. In the wake of increasingly severe cyber attacks, new regulatory regimes, and an era that feels more unsettled and chaotic every day, cybersecurity has never been more crucial to protecting the world's digital citizens. This summer has also been a time for conversation. The return of many conferences and events to an in-person format has been a bright light for many in the security world. RSA Conference, or RSAC, is one of the biggest cybersecurity conferences in the world and hasn't been held in person since February 2020 and was held in June this year. DEF CON is considered one of the world's original and also largest security conferences and just marked its 30th iteration. Taking place in mid-August, DEF CON also coincides with Black Hat, Besides Las Vegas, the Cybersecurity Woman of the Year Awards, and the Diana Initiative, all additional security conferences with various focuses in the world of cybersecurity. And all in Vegas, so essentially the nerds take over Las Vegas. It's a fun time. So the ILPF fellows hit the road to get involved. I went to RSAC in San Francisco in June an ILPF fellow and director of operations, Grant Versfeld, attended DEF CON just a few weeks ago. We chatted with some conference attendees to get their take on the key question. What happens at these conferences? And what's the current state of cybersecurity? So what's your name? My name is Weijia Yan. How is it going? Is this your first time here at RSAC? Yeah, this is my first time at uh, RSAC in person. I previously attended the virtual version, um, so it's really totally different experience. I'm happy to attending it in person, seeing uh, what the conference has to offer. Yeah, and what's been the biggest difference between the virtual event and being here in person? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the biggest difference for me is just to see live people like walking around <laughs> I didn't know there will be so many like people just in the conference and gathering together from different countries also um, vendors from different countries and uh, like how big it is was just really like it just really surprised me yeah absolutely it is such an international audience here something that I've noticed and maybe it's because of the the different iterations of the conference that happen internationally like I think there's a an Asia Pacific one and um, potentially a European version as well but Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely really fascinating so what has been a highlight of the the conference for you so far 
I think it's just getting together with friends, um, friends from the community, friends from my institutions, getting, being able to meet a lot of um, just great people in the industry, those who have contributed great work to InfoSec. Um, I'm just really humbled and happy and glad to meet a lot of those people in the conference. That's awesome. And so is there any big takeaway or thing that you've learned from any of the sessions that you've attended or panels or people that you've been able to talk to? Any interesting things going on within the field that you've learned? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, so for me, I think the biggest takeaway is, so I attended a CISO panel, um, um, being in this industry, like becoming a CISO in the long term in 20, next 20, 30 years would be, I think would be one of my biggest goals. And listening to them talk, uh, one of the biggest advice I took away from me is in this industry, if you want to be a leader for, um, for minority women like myself, I have to be bold and speak up. This is the biggest takeaway I have with me. Um, and I hope to take this, um, continue to be, be bold and speak up, um, to voice out my own in, I guess, in the community. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that is so great and such an important change that we're seeing within the industry, even though it's happening you know, slowly, it's slowly, but surely yeah. there is such a need for diversity in cyber, Absolutely. Uh, just for better cybersecurity infrastructure and strategy mm -hmm. uh, to have that diversity of perspectives and opinions. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, overcoming the imposter syndrome that I know at least I feel constantly right. uh, is so important and so I love that, that that's been a takeaway from you is that boldness and um, and you know being unafraid to to share you know your opinions on and your perspective on what you know emerging cyber uh, threats are, are within the landscape exactly. um, and especially taking that to the leadership level mm -hmm. so what are your you know, next goals for the next few years as you look ahead as a young woman in cyber, mm -hmm. um, you know, attending these conferences is such a great learning experience. What are you hoping to do next? Yeah, um, and I think I, I've been going to conferences uh, in the past year, met a lot of great people, had amazing experiences. And I hope to just continue going to conferences, continue to learn from industry leaders, from people who did great work to the community and from my peers every day. Um, and I just hope to keep grow, growing and um, growing and keep learning. Um, and I hope to find, find my place in InfoSec. Hello, Tech Policy Grind. My name is Grant, and I'm excited to join the podcast today. I headed to Vegas a few weeks ago for my first DEF CON to learn more about cutting-edge security threats from the many experts who attend that conference. I was particularly excited to make it to DEF CON's policy department, which was new this year to chat with both panelists and attendees about the increasingly prevalent influence of policy on both offensive and defensive security work.
what is your name? My name's Emma. And what do you do, Emma? I am a law student, but I used to be a cybersecurity researcher on the technical side. Awesome. So what have you learned today so far here at DEF CON? Well, I just attended a panel on the CFAA and the DMCA and recent changes to the interpretation of those laws in the past couple of years, and that was really cool. Uh, I learned that there is a good faith exception to security research. So basically, the laws that apply to hacking will take into account more context when determining whether or not to prosecute security researchers who hack as part of what they do. And that's super cool. I agree, that sounds pretty awesome. Is this your first time at DEF CON? Have you been here before? Yeah, I went for the first time in 2019, but since the pandemic, this is my first time coming back. And the theme this year is homecoming, so it's pretty fitting. Wonderful. What's been the highlight of your experience at DEF CON so far? Uh, as someone who recently left the technical side of the industry, it's been really nice to come back, see folks that I haven't worked with in a second, and to feel welcomed back by this part of the community as well, despite my departure to uh, the legal side of things. Gotcha. So you spoke earlier about the talk you saw regarding DMCA and copyright. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, are those some of the biggest issues on the horizon, or are there bigger issues that practitioners in cyber should be caring about? What do you think is coming next? So I think the question has to be couched as the biggest issues for whom? Uh, because different entities have so many different equities at stake when it comes to cybersecurity. So one really big issue right now is the uh, sort of privacy laws that apply to things like web searches or web chats uh, for individuals who are seeking abortion in states where that is now criminalized. That's recently come to light where a warrant was served to Meta slash Facebook, uh, wherein a 17-year-old girl's chats were turned over to law enforcement as part of an investigation and prosecution against her for getting an outlawed abortion. So I think that that's a huge issue, but there are also huge issues in the national security space. If you're a corporation, there are huge issues in the regulatory space. So it depends on who you're asking. I see. Do you have any advice as someone who's currently making the jump from the technical side to the policy and legal world for people who are also interested in that transition? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say try and seek out people who have done it and get as much information as you can. Uh, if you're considering law school especially, because it's a huge financial yeah. commitment, and that's difficult to navigate, especially for folks from disadvantaged backgrounds. So think through how you're going to handle a big debt burden, but also don't be discouraged by that. There's nothing but opportunities in this space, both on the firm side, the government side, the public interest side. And I think as tech literacy increase, increases in the US, which, you know, fingers crossed it will, that's only going to be more so the case over time. We need people who know both the technical side and the legal side of these issues. I completely agree, and that's some great advice. Thanks so much, Emma. Enjoy the rest of the conference. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. You too. We'll be right back.
The Internet Law and Policy Foundry's 2022 Policy Hackathon is the Foundry's third Policy Hackathon, happening this October 14 through 16. The Policy Hackathon is a three-day event that brings together creative technical and policy professionals from around the world to tackle emerging and long-standing problems related to the intersection of law, policy, and technology. The theme of this year's hackathon is privacy, trust, and safety in the metaverse. Additionally, the Foundry is holding a writing competition and a series of virtual events about all things metaverse. For more information about the hackathon, the writing competition, and other hackathon-related events, you can visit the Foundry's website, ilpfoundry.us, or our social media pages. All right, thanks for chatting with us today. What is your name? Hey, my name is Mike Sexton. Awesome, and what do you do, Mike? I'm a senior policy advisor at a think tank called Third Way, so I am uh, the point man on cyber on their national security program. Very cool. How's it going so far at DEF CON? What have you learned today or through the conference of, that it's, you've enjoyed? It's great. I really love it. You know, I came to Black Hat and to um, RSA before this. And, um, you know, I, I, in my mind, have a distinction between a conference, which is like serious, it's work, it's not fun, and a convention, something like Comic-Con, that is really just something fun you're doing on your weekend. And Black Hat somehow simultaneously manages to feel like a convention that is fun and entertaining, but also a conference where, you know, I'm learning a lot and I'm connecting with some really intriguing people. Absolutely. Here we are on Sunday, even seeing these really cool policy discussions. So glad to hear that. And you said this is your first time here at DEF CON, yep. but you've been to other conferences previously? Um, yeah, so I mean, this is uh, really my first time being able to make the rounds to, to the big three, RSA, DEF CON, and Black Hat. So um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been really exciting. A little stressful, I'm not going to lie, but you know, you, you adjust. Sure. And what, what's been the highlight so far? Any favorite talks or events that you've been to? Um, yeah, I mean, I think my favorite part is just, uh, you know, being able to bump shoulders with so many of these people who, honestly, most of my friends have not ever heard of, but who I have looked up to as researchers forever. You know, as I'm talking right now, I'm uh, looking at Bo Woods from the Atlantic Council, Jason uh, Healy, who currently works in the White House, Katie Masaurus, who is really uh, critical in, uh, in updating the Vossenar arrangement uh, responsibly to regulate spyware without affecting pen test tools. So again, all of that was complete gibberish to most of my friends. <laughs> but the fact that I'm literally just talking about who happens to be an iShot right now <laughs> gives you an idea of how cool this is. I completely agree. It's just wild to see some of the people that they were able to get. Yeah. Um, what do you think, in your opinion, is the biggest issue on the horizon with cyber? Mm -hmm. Uh, so my, uh, my opinion, it is quantum computing. I think quantum computing is going to completely transform the way that we need to think about privacy and encryption. Uh, and, you know, we're beginning to take steps, you know, the National Institute of Standards um, and private industry and academics are beginning to think about what are some new encryption algorithms we can build that will be resistant to quantum computers. But so far, it is really just so uh, hard to define where we're going to go um, in terms of defending against quantum computing attacks. 
Whereas the question of when will quantum computers, you know, that are that are sizable and functional, uh, you know, engineers agree that it's pretty much just a matter of time. It's not a question of if. Definitely. Do you have any advice coming from a think tank for people who are also in similar policy roles that want to break into the security world or the cyber world? Mm. Uh, that's a really good question. I think. Um, I think a good thing is to not let yourself get too intimidated by technical folks. Um, I got into policy original from, originally from a more technical background. I was a math major and studied cryptography in college. Um, and, you know, so when it comes to these people talking about red teams, blue teams, um, you know, socks and all of this jargon, um, I don't have really any hands-on experience in that space. Uh, but I have discovered really that what the things I assume that like, you know, a prominent hacker in the 1990s must know about the encryption scheme that's used for the clipper chip, right? And then I realized, oh no, they actually don't know that you can transform any block cipher into a stream cipher. Like again, this is complete gibberish, right? But like, it, it just goes to show you that like, even the people in the room who know a lot, they're, in my experience, very specialized and don't necessarily know all the things you think that they must know, all of the things that you know that you don't know. Sure. If that makes sense. It does, and that's a really good point. I think that not a lot of people appreciate for, you know, this super expensive mm -hmm. field. It can be a very, you know, gatekeeping kind of industry where, you know, people scoff at you because of the lap. I mean, I was laughed out of my first, like, hacker group in college because I came in with a cheap laptop instead of a MacBook, and I was like, okay, well... <laughs> you guys are mean. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, just, just don't get yourself, don't let yourself get too intimidated, I guess. Very good advice. And, you know, here we are now at DEF CON with some of the greats of the policy world. So thank you so much for the time and enjoy the rest of the conference. Yeah, thanks. You too. All right. Um, hi there. So thanks for talking to us today. What is your name? Hi, everyone. My name is Safa Shawan Edwards, and I'm the deputy director of the Cyber Statecraft Initiative at the Atlantic Council. Wonderful. So how's it going today? What have, uh, what have you learned at DEF CON so far? So today's been going really well. We're at, on the last day of conference today, and I am currently gooning with my team at the Policy Village. Um, some things that I've learned this week uh, include I've figured out how to uh, mess around some latches at the Lockpicking Village, learned how to uh, break down the adhesive in boxes for packages that I receive, which is really, really cool. So I've spent some time at the Physical Security Village. Also learned a lot about different ways that, um, that government and industry can collaborate more effectively with the security research community. Wonderful. That sounds like really awesome stuff. So you're both a goon and a speaker. What has that experience been like? Like, what's the highlight of that been for you? It's honestly just been extremely overwhelming in the best way possible. I think the first thing that comes to mind is like, one, this is my first time at the conference as well, so I'm seeing this for the first time in person. I'm speaking and getting to connect with people who are also interested in simulations and war games, which is a lot of the work that I do in my day job. But in addition to that, having the responsibility of being a goon just means like being there for people and supporting them as they navigate the conference, being, you know, being present to answer their questions, but also just making sure that we stay on schedule. We're on a super tight schedule this week with all the programming that's going on. We want to make sure that people are able to access all of it and just trying to stay on schedule. Awesome. 
so as someone who's doing simulations, war game, similar types of um, made up events, mm -hmm. what do you see as the biggest issue on the horizon for cyber in the future? The way as I see it, I think workforce development is the biggest issue. We can talk about all these different cybersecurity challenges, but if we don't handle workforce development, we're not going to be able to achieve or respond to any of those challenges to begin with. Awesome. And then do you have any advice for people in the future who might be coming to their first DEF CON, particularly those interested in the policy department? Definitely. So my, my first piece of advice is do your homework, take a look at the schedule, see what things you are interested in, take a map, highlight all the villages you want to take out, and pace yourself. It's a massive event with tons of socializing. If you're an ambivert like me, take some time to you know, socialize with people and get to connect with folks. But also take some time to disconnect and go for a walk around the villages and just have some time to yourself to also just learn and absorb a ton of information. It's a great event and it's extremely informative. Definitely. Sounds like an awesome time. Thank you so much for the time, Safa, and best of luck with the goon duties. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tech Policy Grind podcast. Be sure to check out The Foundry on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and give us a five-star rating. It really helps out the show. If you're interested in supporting the show, reach out to us at foundrypodcasts at ilpfoundry.us. You can find our email in the show notes as well. You can see the full show notes and download the episode transcript for every episode on our website, ilpfoundry.us slash podcast. The Tech Policy Grind podcast comes out every Thursday. See you next time. The Tech Policy Grind podcast was created by the fellows at the Internet Law and Policy Foundry. It's produced and edited by me, Rima Musa, with support from the incredible Foundry fellows. Special thanks to Lama Muhammad, our social coordinator, and Allison McReynolds, our accessibility coordinator, as well as Grant Versfeld for all his help with this episode.